0: U.S.T. from W1AW, the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio in Newington, Connecticut. This is the ARRL ARIES Audio e-letter for December 19, 2018. The ARRL Aries Audio e-letter is a voice version of the ARRL Ares e-letter, which is compiled by Rick Palm, K1CE in Daytona Beach, Florida. My audio script editor is Al Brown, KZ3AB in Laurel, Maryland. And I'm Tony Riggs, W1FHN reporting from Lanham, Maryland. In this month's issue, we have for you Skywarn Recognition Day 2018. FEMA Region 4 draws on relationships built through Emergency Communications Group in Hurricane Florence response. Ohio Ares member... Builds amateur radio on wheels for mobility on deployments. Product review MFJ window mount clip, ARRL section news, and K1CE for a final. Modern scale of disaster response poses new opportunities for Ares. Skyworn Recognition Day 2018. Skyworn Recognition Day or SRD 2018 took place on Saturday, December 1st, from zero-hour until 24-hours UTC. Developed in 1999 by the National Weather Service and ARRL, SRD celebrates the contributions that SkyWarn volunteers make to the NWS mission of protecting life and property. During SkyWarn Recognition Day many special event stations were on the air from NWS offices, contacting radio amateurs around the world. Stations exchanged call sign, signal report, and location, plus a quick description of the weather at their location. A National Weather Service announcement said, amateur radio operators comprise a large percentage of the Skywarn volunteers across the country. Amateur radio operators also provide vital communications between the NWS and emergency management if normal communications become inoperative. As of mid-December, 104 log summaries have been received, including summaries from 27 National Weather Service forecast offices. A total of 58 submissions indicated they made contact with the SRD bonus station WX1AW. The most popular bands based on log summaries were 40 meters, 20 meters, and 2 meters. The top modes were single sideband FM and Echolink IRLP. SRD log summaries are due by January 31, 2019, and the log submission form can be found online. Southern New England Skywarn works a successful recognition day. Southern New England has an especially vigorous sky program with station WX1BOX at the new NWS office in Norton, Massachusetts. For SRD this year, the preliminary WX1BOX results were 41 NWS offices worked and 247 contacts. Rob Macedo, KD1CY, the Eastern Massachusetts ARES Section Emergency Coordinator, and SkyWarn coordinator for NWS Boston in Norton, Massachusetts, reported, we had about the same level of activity in terms of contacts and NWS offices as in past years. This was the first year in our new NWS office building in Norton. Mr. Macedo also said, we utilized our usual operating positions but moved HF and one of our Echolink stations into a conference room nearby. It worked well to keep noise level a bit lower on the operations floor and to allow the additional operators we had to operate Echolink IRLP systems. It was very active this year with continuous operation of NWS offices throughout the entire event. We also made a number of contacts on digital mobile radio, or DMR, as well the national hurricane center station wx4nhc also active wx4nhc is the call sign of the amateur station that is operated by volunteer amateur radio operators and located at the national hurricane center on the campus of florida international university in miami florida The station and operators participate annually in Skywarn Recognition Day, and this year was no exception. The station operators made 176 CUSOs, and 23 NWS offices were contacted. The brief weather reports received ranged from 30 degrees Fahrenheit in Minnesota to a balmy 87 degrees in Puerto Rico. Station assistant manager Julio Ripoll WD4R said he and John McHugh K4AG repaired one of the station's antennas and noted it was so moving to watch the flag being lowered to half staff at the hurricane center in honor of President George H.W. Bush. W1AW active as WX1AW bonus station. Maxim Memorial Station W1AW was also active as Bonus Station WX1AW, the call sign of the ARRL Headquarters Dudes Recreational Deployment Team. Another historic hurricane season draws to a quiet close. As we close another historic hurricane season, as a tribute to amateurs who provided primary and secondary communications and other services, Here is the testimonial of Kenneth Graham, WX4KEG, the director of the National Hurricane Center, from earlier this year. He said, As the incoming director of the National Hurricane Center, I want to take a moment to thank you for the important work you do to ensure communications continue during and after a disaster. In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, Ham Radio was the only remaining method of communication for many of us in the disaster zone. My handheld and the base unit at the New Orleans National Weather Service office were our only links to the outside world. I cannot stress enough how critical, redundant methods of communications are during and after a disaster. As the infrastructure fails... It is you all that keep the two-way dissemination of critical information going. We at the National Hurricane Center recognize and value the role of WX4NHC and all of the amateur radio operators with whom they connect. As we saw during last year's extremely busy hurricane season, the next hurricane to impact our area is always just around the corner. After experiencing the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, I can tell you we cannot do without WX4NHC to ensure that we can continue to perform our mission responsibilities. We, too, have to be ready for the next storm. Testing WX4NHC is vital to ensure we are ready for anything the hurricane season will bring. I cannot thank all the amateur radio volunteers enough for their ongoing dedication to our shared mission of saving lives. And this was signed Kenneth E. Graham, WX4KEG, the director of the NOAA National Hurricane Center. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break now to allow repeaters to identify. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the ARRL Ares Audio e-letter for December nineteenth, 2018. And next on tap, we have FEMA Region 4 draws on relationships built through Emergency Communications Group in Hurricane Florence response. The FEMA Region 4 Regional Emergency Communications Coordinating Working Group, or RECCWG, in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee, held an October 2nd teleconference with members discussing lessons learned following Hurricane Florence. North Carolina mobilized ESF-2 communications for 16 days, making it the longest ESF-2 activation in states' history. Every state in Region 4 contributed resources, including personnel and equipment, to support response efforts, which North Carolina heralds as a benefit partially derived from RECCWG. Information sharing and relationship building, fostered by the Region 4 RECCWG, resulted in a more coordinated response from ESF-2 personnel across the region. This included a strong pool of expertise from COMLs and COMTs, partners from the PSAP community, amateur radio personnel, and federal partners. Thanks to Steve Waterman, K4CJX, and RECCWG member and chairman of the OxCOM working group. Ohio ARES member builds amateur radio on wheels for mobility on deployments. Lucas County, Ohio, ARIES is active and involved with the county's Emergency Management Agency, or EMA, and provides communications for events such as the Glass City Marathon and the Sylvania Triathlon. ARIES also supports the Northwest Ohio Healthcare Emergency Management Coalition, or NWOHEMC, which covers 18 counties. They recognize ARIES as a viable tool and have included amateur radio in their communications plan. Lucas County ARES also has a long-term relationship with the eight local area hospitals and regularly performs communication drills using the hospital's radio equipment. The equipment is located in a variety of areas, each assigned by the individual hospital. The equipment list at the hospital stations is extensive and includes a complete D-star capable station minus the computer stored in a box on the wall. It is up to the operator to find a place to set up the station within reach of the antenna lead attached to the wall. Aries member Steve Belner, W A T E R of Maumee, Ohio, has participated in a few of the drills. He was assigned to patient rooms, crowded with patients, families, and clinical staff performing their duties. In one case, Mr. Belner had the station set up on a chair, but he had no chair to sit in. The radio was teetered, and the computer laptop was also not stable. The noise in the room was loud, and the operator required earphones to monitor the radio. Mr. Bellner said he had to move the station to afford the room to extend the incident command table area. He came to realize that during a drill or other event, there may not be any chair or table at all to operate from. As a result, Mr. Bellner came up with an idea of using a rolling, movable station based on the computers on wheels, which he called cows, which are carts that are used in the hospital patient floors and units. The nurses use these carts to go room to room, and they are easily maneuvered. The battery is located in the bottom of the cow and gives it ballast. They also have a relatively small footprint. Belner adapted the cow idea as a portable station to be used as a grab-and-go, A Milwaukee handcart serves as the framework skeleton, and his amateur radio on wheels, dubbed Arrow, is incorporated into Mr. Belner's home ham shack, so it is always ready to go. Our thanks to Steve Belner, W-8-T-E-R of Maumee, Ohio, for his cow idea. Product Review, MFJ Window Mount Clip. Rick Palm, K-1-C-E, writes... In the October issue, John Bloodgood, KD0SFY, the Emergency Coordinator and Public Information Officer for Region 2, District 2, Colorado Pikes Peak Aries, wrote that more vehicles have non-steel roof panels constructed of fiberglass, aluminum, or carbon fiber, and this makes placing a temporary magmount antenna on the roof difficult. Mr. Bloodgood said, We have run into this issue several times in the past, when our radio operators were riding in support and gear, sweep or pace vehicles during special events, or riding along with a jeep patrol in the mountains. Recently, I was assisting a neighboring Aries region with a special event and was riding in a new law enforcement vehicle that had an aluminum roof panel. The solution was to use an HT window mount clip from MFJ— the model MFJ310. It may not have the same ground plane effects of a mag mount, but it definitely works. Mr. Palm replied, I bought one of the MFJ310s with the BNC connector and tried it on my new Honda Fit. I don't know if my new car's roof is steel or not, but I liked the idea in any case of not scratching the new roof with a mag mount. I had very good results with mine, and would recommend it. It's inexpensive, about $20, and I'm thinking about getting another one with the SMA connector, so I can use my DMR handheld. It's very easy to slip over the top of the car window, and is firmly held in place when the window is rolled up. The small diameter cable runs in a slot on the top of the clip, so it's not impinged upon by the window frame. The bottom line is the window mount clip gets the antenna outside where it can radiate freely by eliminating the shielding effect of your car and gives maximum radiated power output and signal reception. The rubber guarding protects windows and secures it. Thanks to our Aries e-letter editor, Rick Palm, K1CE, for this review. This is the ARRL ARIES Audio e-letter for December 19, 2018. It's time once again to pause for a few seconds to allow repeaters to identify. Now we'll continue with more ARRL ARIES e-letter news for December 19, 2018. ARRL Section News Southern Florida ASM Larry Zimmer, W4LWZ, Silent Key. Popular and active Southern Florida Assistant Section Manager Larry Zimmer, W4LWZ, became a Silent Key on December 11th. Mr. Zimmer served as Section Emergency Coordinator from September 2014 to September 2018. He was also past President, Board Member, HamFest Chair, instructor, and voluntary examiner, along with many other activities of support for the Fort Myers Amateur Radio Club. Thanks to Barry Porter, KB1PA, the ARRL Southern Florida Section Manager, for this sad news. And finally, K1CE for a final. Modern scale of disaster response poses new opportunities for ARES. Rick Palm says... Over the years, especially since Hurricane Katrina in 2005, I've seen a more proactive and robust response to hurricanes and other major disasters, but I never truly grasped its scale until now. As I was browsing through my emails, I found a summary report from FEMA that captivated my attention. Hurricane Michael made landfall west of my home in the rural Sewanee River Basin in Florida, Since the warning area had included the Sewanee River, I evacuated to the central east coast of the peninsula. Following the devastating storm, I was amazed to read of the massive response from the whole community, which was FEMA's term for everybody, from federal, state, county, and local governments and the military, to NGOs, faith-based organizations, the American Red Cross, and including organizations like ours, the ARRL, and ARES, More than 16,000 federal employees, including over 8,000 military personnel, were deployed. Search and rescue teams from FEMA, the U.S. Coast Guard, National Guard, and others, working alongside state responders and volunteers, completed 110 evacuations, 4,193 rescues and assists, 15,287 shelter-in-place checks, and 128 animal assists. Structural assessments were completed on 16,827 structures in Florida. 16 different states sent support through the Emergency Management Assistance Compact, with more than 430 deployed to assist more than 35,000 utility workers from 26 states worked to restore power. In Florida, FEMA provided 715,000 meals and 1.5 million liters of water per day. FEMA transferred more than 350,000 meals to Georgia for feeding operations. The feds supported more than 30 distribution sites. More than 1,600 people stayed overnight in American Red Cross shelters in Florida and Georgia. Shelter residents were able to use the Red Cross Safe and Well site to check in and find missing individuals. The U.S. Department of Defense put 5,000 personnel in the field with assets including 32 helicopters, six fixed-wing aircraft, 17 swift-water vehicles, and 160 high-water vehicles to support search-and-rescue missions. More than 4,000 National Guard troops in Florida and Georgia were assigned to over 50 missions that included search-and-rescue, engineering, route clearance, and points of distribution support to 30 locations. Troops also provided support at 12 shelter locations, a Guard-heavy engineering unit, cleared 107 city blocks in the affected area. The U.S. Coast Guard, working with U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, completed 355 assists and rescues and one animal rescue in Florida. Three U.S. Coast Guard damage assessment teams and two reconstruction teams were assessing and repairing damaged facilities. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers fielded seven response programs, including providing temporary emergency power in Florida, offering technical assistance on debris removal, route clearance, and temporary roofing. Twenty route clearance teams cleared roads in Florida, two deployable tactical operations systems vehicles, assisted with communication capabilities and connectivity. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers monitored and managed dams. Eight Health and Human Service Disaster Medical Assistance Teams cared for patients at four emergency departments in Florida. The FCC provided emergency assistance to communications providers and created a web page for information and tips for communicating during an emergency. The U.S. Department of Interior had 225 personnel conducting debris clearance and infrastructure damage assessments. The Salvation Army mobilized 48 mobile feeding units with a combined service capacity of 72,000 daily meals. Operation BBQ Relief had field kitchens in Florida with a total meal capacity of 30,000 meals per day. The Southern Baptist Disaster Relief opened disaster kitchens for 60,000 meals per day. And the list goes on, but you get the idea. There were a couple of takeaways for me. First was the sheer massiveness of the whole community response, so much greater by orders of magnitude from the pre-Katrina era. And second, it occurred to me that there is still an almost unlimited array of new opportunities for radio amateurs to contribute— supporting radio communications to many, if not all, of the entities and services described above, and almost countless others. Back in the 90s, there was concern expressed by the field that ARES and other amateur emergency services were facing diminishing demand and new opportunities to provide their radio communication support due to agencies developing and hardening their own communication systems, leaving us outside, looking in. To address these concerns and gather input, I held a number of conferences around the country in connection with major conventions and hamfests. The result was a report published in the February 1999 issue of QST Magazine that described non-traditional opportunities for us as ARES members. It seems to me that nothing has changed. Many more opportunities to serve can be found right in the first part of this editorial. Think about it when your ARIES team is looking for more and diverse opportunities to serve. 73 from Rick Palm, K1CE. And this concludes the ARRL ARIES Audio e-letter for December 19, 2018. The ARRL ARIES Audio e-letter is a monthly service of the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, the national organization for amateur radio. The audio version of the ARRL Ares e-letter has been an edited version of the ARRL Ares e-letter, compiled and written by Rick Palm, K1CE, in Daytona Beach, Florida. To learn more about amateur radio and the ARRL or to get the latest in amateur radio news, you may click on www.arrl.org. You may also write us via snail mail at ARRL Headquarters, 225 Main Street, Newington, Connecticut, 06111, or give us a toll-free call at 1-888-277-5289. We are always happy to help answer your questions, and you need not be an ARRL member. Our thanks to this month's contributors. My audio script editor is Al Brown, KZ3AB in Laurel, Maryland. And I'm Tony Riggs, W1FHN reporting from Lanham, Maryland. Since this is the final edition of the audio version of the ARRL Ares e-letter, Al and I would like to wish you all a happy holiday season and a prosperous 2019. 73. Copyright 2018 ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. All rights reserved.